The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. What the fuck, Alex? All right, starting <laughs> off hot. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Where's the Remote? Uh, I am joined here once again by my lovely co-host, Alex. Alex, what's going on? Let me get a, a year for the Queen's weather right now. Who do you want that from? You want that from me? Uh, You and the audience on three. One, two, three. Ear. There we go. Is that okay? Satisfactory? Yeah, that was perfect. That was perfect. So uh, it's Monday, and you all know how we all feel about Mondays. So I decided today's going to be the first time I crack a beer on the show. So this one's for you guys. I got my nice Michelob Ultra Tall Boy here, so we'll see if we get off the rails a little bit later. Very underrated beer. The most underrated beer. I go through phases where I drink different beers for like a while, and recently I've been on a Michelob Ultra kick. It's just good. It's dope. It's, it's like light. It's airy. Mad, mad light. Remember that time you bet me that I couldn't have six in one night? Oh my god, six whole beers? No, and six. Did you? Yeah, I did. You didn't. I don't think. Yes, did you I know? did. I'm not mad about that. I spent good money on that. Um, but yeah, so that's how our Monday's going. I was gonna sit here and complain, not complain, but mention how frustrated I was with my commute this morning. It was a whopping 15 minutes. But uh, I hit every red light, like, and I know people say that, and it's like, oh, it took me longer than usual. I hit a couple, of, like, no, I hit every single red light on the way to work today, and I was like, you'll fuck this. But then that all paled in comparison when I heard about Alex's commute. Alex, tell them about your day at work today. Oh, people don't know. People see rain and they immediately forget how to drive. Obviously, and uh, the trains just weren't running great. The buses weren't running great. I wore my Ultra Boost today, my all white, and they got like L. sludge on the front of them. I got to throw them in the washing what machine. Are you, what are you doing? Why are you wearing? Why? I only really have all white, and they're just super comfy. I just like to wear them a lot. Not when they're soaking wet. I mean, yeah, my, my socks are a little wet now. It's a oh, mess. Man. It's a whole mess. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, I don't know. You're home now. You're ready. I am home. And I have a take. You have a take. I have a All take. All right, well, let's, let's waste no time get into this take. Alex, what's your take? Obviously, on commutes, the music choice is essential. Essential. And uh, that, that could make or break your day. Um, right. And recently, as of late, I've finally, maybe I'd say like about a week or two now, I've finally been able to listen to Swimming by Mac Miller again without like just breaking down um, fire album unbelievable and i really only listened to it two or three times uh and then i kind of stopped and then when he passed r.i.p mac miller um nice. i couldn't really go back to it without like i couldn't make it through the album it was just too upsetting for me uh but finally i've been able to get back into it and uh yeah it's absolutely fantastic and i have to say I've been listening to Mac Miller since I was in high school, like literally 10 years. Um, and for a long time, watching movies was always my favorite album of his. And it may still be, but I can confidently say now that Swimming may be his best album ever. And it's okay. it's unbelievable, like, because it's, 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 it's his album, like the most like where he seems at peace even if he still does have some of his own like demons to deal with, he seems the most at peace 
on that album. And it's just crazy, like the timing of it all. And like to put out that album and then like not be there to kind of like hear this unanimous acclaim for it. Like it's just upsetting. It's just super upsetting. But uh, it's really good. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check it out. Ladders is a fantastic song. Dude, there's What's so the care. Yeah, like it's an oh, unbelievable yeah. album. R.I.P. Mac Miller. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so, it. So, so what I'll say on that is, you know, I was not the biggest Mac fan. Um, I just, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. I didn't dislike it, but I just never, like, gave it the time. Maybe I should have. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, I listened, when I listened to Swimming, I was, because the singles were fire. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so good. And uh, then when I heard about him dying, like, oh, my God, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, this was, I mean, to me, I can, like, it's such a polished piece of work. It's really cohesive. It's, it really just felt like a mature album. And like you said, to see the acclaim that it got, you know, even before his passing just made it all, like, hurt more. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'll never feel, like, you know, I'll never feel that cut as deep as somebody like you who grew up listening to Mac Miller. But like, like what a damn shame! Like, I mean, come on, that's terrible. Man was a king. Yes, rest in power. Um, but on a lighter note, um, we had a lot of exciting things going on this past weekend. Um, a lot of good things, a lot of super crazy news going at going down at, at Comic Con. Um, and so we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, firstly, I'm going to just quick tidbit. Uh, I did see the farewell this weekend and God fucking damn, that movie was good. Um, so good. In fact, that the psycho that I am, I went, I, I saw a seven o'clock showing the movies about an hour 40. And I was like, you know what? It's Friday night and I got nothing better to do. I walked right back in the theater and I watched it again. Party animal. Yeah, I went twice. You weren't saying twice. farewell to that theater. Dude, that, like, when people <laughs> say, you think you're fucking funny, that's cute. When people say that, like, you know, oh, there wasn't a dry eye in the theater, like, there really wasn't. Did you cry? Like, I, could, uh, I teared up the second time. Ooh, okay. Um, When you watch it, it's just, like, you know it's just the weight of the situation, you know, is just like always in the back of your mind. So anything you see obviously has that implication of, Oh my God, like you don't, she doesn't know. Like for those, I assume most of you know the plot of uh, the farewell. If you don't really briefly, it's based off, uh, I believe her name's Lulu Wang, right? Yes. Um, she is the director of this movie and writer of this movie. It is based off of her life and her experience um, with her grandmother and they find out that her grandmother has advanced cancer um, and you know aligning with their Chinese tradition they decide that they're not going to tell her and that they're going to stage you know a wedding as an excuse for them to all go visit China to go sort of say goodbye to her or the farewell um, really have not not a crazy heavy movie I wrote this in my review, except for when it needs to be. You know what I mean? For the most part, like, this movie is not going to have you in tears the whole time. It won't. But when it really, like, hones in and, like, the situation becomes very real, it really hits you. 
and it was just super well made. I mean, the direction's fantastic. Aquafina, yo, she's fucking out here. She's so, so good. And we'll talk more about her later because, man, am I hyped to see her in a Marvel movie. Um, but this one is just, it's probably, it's up there with The Last Black Man in San Francisco as my favorite movie of the year. That wasn't Avengers Endgame. A24, um, so, like a double feature. Yo, we could go on for days about A24. <laughs> But if they, you know, if you can go see this movie, I have to think it will get a wider release because I think a lot of people are going to see it, which is awesome. Go see this movie. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Everyone go cry together. Like, it's so good. Um, Alex, you going to go see it? Yeah, I'm hoping it comes to Queens just because I'm way too busy. Dude, I bet it's already in Queens. Nah, not that I know of. I'll check again, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's not. All right. Well, that's just. Or maybe Long Island. I'll find it. Don't worry. I'm worried. You tend to not see these movies. The summer uh, has me slacking, I will say. It really does. I was telling you this the other day. I need you to get back into mid season form. It's like, yeah, I want to watch movies, but like the beach. (laughs) Dude, I feel that. Definitely feel that. Um, Let's talk about something ridiculous. Just to start us off, Alex. Oh, yeah. Did you see the Cats trailer? Oh. I saw what did you the think Cats I was trailer. Say? Oh, I thought you were, like, surprised that I was saying that that's what we were talking oh, about. Oh, no, I'm I'm ready to talk about Cats. Meow. So, I've never seen the musical. Obvi- not obviously, but I've never seen the musical. Um, and I don't really know a whole lot about this story. But uh, when I saw that trailer... It really made me think, like, what's going on here? I just don't even know. I don't even know what I was looking at. It was so weird. It was so fucking weird. And easily could be the biggest film Twitter meme of the year. So I'll say this. Uh, Similarly, like, I didn't... I I saw a lot of discussion about Cats, like the, the upcoming movie from from a few months ago when like people were saying like oh my god tom hooper is directing cats and like i've never seen the king speech or any of his movies um at least that i'm familiar with and i was i didn't i couldn't tell if this was big news in the sense from like an ironic perspective or more so just like because maybe he'll make it very good and then i did like research into the play i mean the musical and i couldn't tell if people liked it ironically or because it was like very good. Um, there's actually a great yeah. New York Times article uh, from like a few years ago, and it's called like "We Love Cats and We Hate Cats," and it kind of like explains the the push behind Cats, the musical, at least. Um, so that's definitely some background that like I, I was we, interested to learn about. Uh, we but, can tweet that out later. Yes, we'll for sure, we will. Um, yeah. But upon seeing that trailer, oh man, what a what a glorious! train wreck it seems it's gonna be <laughs> so i mean you know there there's a lot of good movies out there but like we sort of touched on last time you know there's a place in time for going to see quote-unquote bad movies um and things that look as atrocious as this i'm almost excited like it's gonna be quite the ride it will it will definitely be entertaining i think so who knows sure. maybe it'll be fantastic maybe it'll win Dude, it might picture. be <laughs> no let's not get crazy um please ma come on come on come on and uh but you know one saving grace from something as 
you know, the weird thing, before I get into that, the weird thing is that people are saying it's, like, traumatizing them. It's so creepy. I was like, this isn't, like, it doesn't creep me out. It's just, like, weird. It's funny. It's funny. Like, I, <laughs> the, one thing, the one thing I will say that creeped me the fuck out was James Corden. Uh, I'll shit. go on record saying this right now. If this podcast were to blow up tomorrow, James Corden will not ever get the invite, and I will never, ever be on his show for promo. Get James Corden out of here. Yeah, I'm not a huge James Corden guy, and I'm definitely not a huge James Corden and Cats guy. Um, but what <laughs> I was going to say was, what are some of the best memes you saw? And I'll start by saying the one that I thought was fucking hilarious. It was uh, it was like screenshots from the trailer, like the classic four that everyone's been sending out. That's like Judy Dench and like Taylor Swift and like James Corden and whatever. But like everyone was Nick Offerman. He he even was like about that as well. It's so funny. Like Nick Offerman he, wants in. I mean, put him in. I'll go see it. I'll I've seen see it. I've seen like it's like this is my favorite cat, and it'll be like Taylor Swift, Idris Elba, Mike Myers from Cat in the Hat. Um, and like one more. I also saw a great one that was, uh, it's in a super old movie. It's like an animated, I believe. It's called like Cats versus Dogs or Dogs versus Cats or Dude, something like that. Dude, that's a great movie. No, it's, Cats versus Dogs. Yeah, that movie is absolutely absurd. So crazy. And it was one of the like one perfect shot tweets where it was like, but it was Cats versus Dogs. That's so funny. Um, another really good one was, I believe it was from what we do in the shadows. Yeah. like the dude as yeah. the cat. That yeah. shit was so <laughs> Um, we'll get better about tweeting out the memes, the film Twitter memes for you guys. Um, put that Twitter account to good use. Um, at WTR pod this time. Finally. Yes. Finally, we changed it. Finally, the handle's right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so, excuse me, the other interesting thing I saw on Twitter um, in relation to this, you know, and you said you didn't really want to get into this too much, Alex, but I'm going to touch on it, um, is that, you know, people keep having this question, and the same question was brought up during Sonic, like when the first Sonic trailer dropped, and people were like, why does the movie look like this? Like, whose idea was it to be like, yeah, let's do this, this is what he looks like, like, are we blaming, are we blaming you know the vfx guys are we blaming the studio like who's really at fault here um and i saw a thread um that where certain vfx artists were like in this thread talking about it and for those of you who don't know and i didn't know apparently a lot of the time it is on the fault of the studio you know and they use the analogy in this thread that like oh my goodness this beer is gonna kill me but that's fine um enjoy that it's like made to order. You know what I mean? It's like you go to McDonald's, you tell them you want a burger. You know, you say, I want pickles on this burger. They're like, all right, well, I have pickles. You know what I mean? So these studios are saying, you know, we want Sonic, add feet. All right. Like we got weird legs on them now and, you know, all that stuff. And I cannot. That's sort of how it looks. Well, so, and people are like, who are these guys? How do they have jobs? Like the VFX guys. The VFX guys that they hired to do Sonic the Hedgehog, what did I say, Alex? They did Blade Runner. And like what else? Which is crazy on its own. But what was the other ones I told you? I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. But uh, either way, we'll send out that link too. We're sending everything out on Twitter. <laughs> Go check it out. But not. I have to remind you of this. 
not before. We promised that we were gonna tweet out that uh the JID picture. That will it. come tomorrow. Yeah, that's gotta go out before we send out any of this premium content. We've gotta make good on that promise. Um but yeah, so like, you know, keep that in mind, I guess, when you're throwing your finger around pointing blame at, you know, people here. Make sure you're holding the right people accountable for these atrocious looking movies. Um, and you know, that they, they mentioned that, you know, Sonic is obviously being redone. I can't the way wait he to looks. see it. Me too. But I don't see that happening for cats. And I don't think a lot of people do either. No, Jennifer Hudson will haunt us all forever. And so let's sort of move forward. Speaking of CGI and cats, and the, and cats, it all comes together. Let's talk about Lion King. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. So, for for what it's worth, Alex and I tend to have a lot of similar opinions on movies. And every once in a while, we'll find one where we have very different opinions. Um, and I would say that Lion King is definitely one of them. Um, I saw Lion King Thursday night. Alex, you did too. Yes. Um, I ended up going in AMC Prime 3D showing. So I was like, all right, like we're getting the maximum experience here. I didn't order the 3D ticket on purpose. It was a surprise to me when I showed up there. I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to this. And, um, you know, we get there. I went with my mom um, and we're sitting down in the seats and the movie starts. And uh, immediately, you know, it's like the beginning of the circle of life. And this kid next to us starts singing. And my mom looks at me and she's like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, yo, mom, shut that shit down right now <laughs> or it's going to go on the entire fucking movie. All right. This is no this is no laughing matter. Like this is the Lion King. There's fire ass music here. You think this kid's not going to stop singing? And she was like, hey, shut your kid up. Like she like told the parent. I was like, let's go, mom. And um so that was pretty hype. We shut that down, and needless to say, that kid was silent for the rest of the. I night. actually shut down someone as well. They were they had like their phone out on like max brightness right next to us, right when the movie started, and I just like, I I had to make a quick decision on whether or not I would let it rock the whole movie or not, and I just turned I'm to them. off on you. I turned right to them and I I went, hey, turn your brightness down, and then they put it like, away. I would have been like, put your phone away, or I'm throwing it at the screen. <laughs> Because who cares? <clears throat> um, but what I will say on that note of what I was saying about the kids, and this is a sort of general take that I've had often, as you know, my problem with Toy Story and all these, seeing all these kids' movies. The first movie that really made me like realize this and very upset about it was uh, when I saw Incredibles two. And uh, when I saw Incredibles two, there were so many kids there. I went to a ten o'clock showing of Incredibles two on a Thursday night, and there were so many kids there. And I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Because I know when I was that age, like below the age of eight, my parents were not taking me out to go see this movie the night it comes out at ten o'clock at night. I went to a nine o'clock showing of Lion King. Um, Alex, were there a lot of kids in your theater? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say there weren't many. I saw it at nine o'clock though. So same. No, I also saw it at nine o'clock and there were a good amount of kids there. And I was like, yo, parents who take their kids to a late night showing on a Thursday night are disgustingly selfish because they're not that like you could easily (laughs) wait till the weekend, take your kid then and they'll enjoy it. The kid's not like, oh, I got to be their opening day. That's you. 
you're like, I got to be there opening day and I can't find shit to do with my kids. So he's coming with me. Like what? Like, just wait. Just don't like, I cannot believe it. That like on a school night. I mean, sure. It's summer. Fine. I'll give you that. But like nine o'clock is no place for you to be bringing like your sub eight year old kids. You know, that's not where they should be. So that really pissed me off. All right. Um, what? <laughs> Let's get into the meat of the movie. Let's stop talking about. Well, the I figured trolling. I'd talk about my experience first. I have another note about my experience. You're going to have to shut up and listen to it. Because I told you all I complain a lot. So get over it. If you don't like it, press fast forward. Um, the AMC workers at my theater. Okay, so the theater I go to, the main AMC I go to is a dine-in. For those of you who don't know, this is AMC's ripoff of Alamo Drafthouse. And they are trying to compete with the whole full dinner service movie theater experience. And they're not doing a great job. Um, But the main thing that pissed me off was, you know, when you go to Alamo Drafthouse, and for those of you who had never been there, um, the workers there are, as we've mentioned before, like really dedicated towards, you know, like film and movies. And they do a really, really good job of when there's something like when the movie's on of not like standing in the middle of the screen. You know, what I mean, they're crouched down and they they move relatively quickly at AMC. They will just walk in front of you, like even if it's the row ahead and just stand there and hand you plates of food, like standing full tall, like during the middle of the movie. I'm like, yo, I don't care about this person who's trying to get their burger 40 minutes into the movie. Like, fuck you. This is not Alamo. Get out of here. So that shit really pissed me off. Um, But whatever. Let's get into the movie. I'm done with that. Um, My take on the movie was less positive than yours, Alex. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much because I'm going to let you get into what you liked. And then I will, you know, go back at you on that. But uh, real quick, um, I liked certain parts of this movie. Um, I think that most of the things that I liked were things that obviously I liked about the original, you know, the music was awesome. Um, it had good voice acting. Obviously the story is incredible. Um, but I think that the original gave us a much more impactful and impressive final product because I feel like it just left a more, you know, it left you feeling some type of way afterwards. You know what I mean? Like this, I just watched it and I enjoyed it, but I was like, all right, so what? Like, I thought that obviously the CGI is beautiful, um, but I thought that some of the animals looked expressionless at times. I didn't think that, you know, we were getting the emotion that was conveyed in the original. Um, and that really took me out of it. You know, I felt like, I think I mentioned this to you, I definitely mentioned in my review that it feels like they were just, it felt like they were just trying to serve up, like, uh, you know, the same story in a different sort of format, like similar to if they were like, let's do a a play adaptation on Broadway, right? Like we're going to change some of the stuff. It'll visually look different. We'll have impressive talent in it, but it will never match up to the original. And it's just like, all right, that's fine. You're doing it on a play on a stage. It's different enough. But like, why did they make this movie? And I really went and wanted to like this but I was definitely disappointed by it. Alex, what were your thoughts? So I loved it. And to answer 
to, uh, here I am sounding like a Disney shill. Um, the question, obviously, like you, you are one. You are a Disney shill. I love Disney, and it's for a very specific reason, and it's because these movies elicit some form of not just enjoyment, but like emotion in in many senses. Why are they making these movies? Obviously, money at the forefront. I'm not an idiot. Like I'm not. I'm not going to sit blindly to that. However, I'm also under the impression, and this is just my opinion. You may have a differing opinion, and let me hear it. But don't come at me. Oh, come at me, but no, 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 come at him. Come at me, but but let's have it. Let's have a discussion. Let's have a discussion about this. I am under the impression that a remake does not need to improve upon the original source material. Everyone obviously wants that, and that would be the best case scenario. But all in all, if the, like the story is exactly the same in Lion King, I'm cool with that. I don't, I don't need this grand 30 minutes added onto it because the story that they're basing it off of is already perfect in its own right. I love the original movie. It's it's probably my second favorite Disney movie next to Aladdin. Like those are tied for my number one, if anything. Um, I can't understand though how anyone watches this movie, this like you said, visually astounding movie, like an incredible cast, design that makes you feel like you're watching a legitimate documentary about nature. I don't understand how anyone could watch this and say this isn't incredible. And maybe it's not as incredible as the original, but that doesn't mean it's not a magnificent work of art in its own right. Because Disney, if anything, from Beauty and the Beast to now, the one thing they're known for is is just pushing like the envelope in terms of... like They're known for their animation, those earlier movies. That's what made them so ridiculous is that no one was making movies that looked like that and yes the live action element or quote-unquote live action element of this loses some of that emotion but the emotion doesn't rely solely on the expressions of the characters in the original it's also the story in itself like Mufasa dying is sad no matter how you see it if you're reading it you're not looking at the expressions of their faces but you're sad because it's Mufasa dying and Simba not understanding that he's not to blame for it this movie is absolutely beautiful and I just I like and I'm not saying this is this is you but I feel like a lot of people went into it automatically hating it just because it's a remake of like not just a movie, but a remake of like what people garner as one of the best movies, not just by Disney, but ever. So I think it, I I think this came in with a very it had it had a uh it had a lot going against it. I will say that. But anyone who says this is the worst movie they've ever seen, or of giving it like like half star ratings, one star ratings, like it cannot be. Unless you're watching a different movie, I just can't fathom how you can look at this and say this doesn't have incredible like care and passion like crafted into it. 
And while it may just be a shot-for-shot remake, and at many times it is, they did change minor things, but most of the time it's the same, there's still a lot of care put into it. And it's, it's clear. It's clear it's made by fans, and I'm sure there will be kids who watch this movie and say, this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Whether they know it's a remake or not, this has now opened it up for a whole new world of kids. And yeah, you can show them the original, and they may like that one more. They may like this one more. It doesn't matter. Like you said, it's an adaptation. If It happens with books when people say the book is better or like the movie is better, the play is better. We need to stop comparing and just take it as, was this movie entertaining? Was it visually beautiful? Was the cast great? Was the music, which was slightly altered, and I think for the better, was that good? Yes, it was. So let's let's stop bashing Disney just because they're the corporate giant. And yes, they are. They do have a stranglehold on the industry. But it's not Disney's fault that they keep putting out hits that people are lining up to see. People aren't going to see indie movies. That's not Disney's fault. That's on the theaters and indie distribution companies to... They need to figure out how to get more general audiences to go see these movies, like The Farewell, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, um, like Last Black, Black Man in San Francisco. Why should I go see that? I know why I want to see it, but why should someone go see that over the new Lion King, the new Star Wars, the new Marvel? AMC is, is trying to do that, but Disney shouldn't be the one to be blamed, even though they are monopolizing the industry they're also keeping theaters afloat by making a billion dollars every single time they put out a movie because at least people are still going to the theaters to see these disney movies they're still keeping the theater industry alive to hopefully start promoting these indie films more and uh i loved i loved lion king and if you didn't that's whatever but like to say this is the worst thing you've ever seen is closing your eyes to the beautiful visuals that are on screen and just like the the joy that it could bring you, even if you don't like it as much as the original. And uh, those are my thoughts on the line. <laughs> Alex, Alex, take a deep breath. Yes. All right. Relax. Okay. <laughs> you just went in on the Lion King. But so... I disagree with so much of what you just said. (laughs) Like, I'm sitting in my chair shaking right now because I'm ready to go in on you. All right. Firstly, I will address the one star. I'm not going in order of the things you said, but I'm going to do my best. The one star ratings, the half star ratings. All right. Think about if you grew up and I'm not talking about how we were like little kids. But, like, think about if you were, like, 13, 14, and you saw The Lion King, and that was the best shit you've ever seen, right? The original. Yeah, the original. So think about that for a minute. And then you see this version of it that doesn't live up to what you're doing in in whatever reason. It doesn't live up to the standards that you had for this movie. Can't you see how, you know... It's, like, disgraceful. It's, like, worse. Like, for them, it's not okay that this movie didn't live up to its predecessor. 
And the fact that there are kids going out today that'll see this and love this instead of the original, can't you see how that like might piss them off? Because it's like, why? Because it just appears to be like a cash grab. You know what I mean? Because the Lion King, let me finish on this point, then I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. And then I'm going to go back in on your other points. But uh, can't you see how, for, you know, and, and for these people, the original Lion King is perfect in every way. And the only way they want to see another remake that's justified and anything more, anything less than a disgrace is if it's equally as perfect. Because the idea of a remake right now, and you say that the remake shouldn't be better, I believe there's no, like, there's two reasons to make a remake, in my opinion. One is to improve on the source material. And that, that doesn't mean, like, changing the story. I think that means, like, for instance, with The Lion King, making it visually, you know, we have all, the, all this new technology now, use it. You know what I mean? Like, let's make something, like you said, visually stunning. Let's make something amazing that just, like, feels unbelievable. Um, and the other reason would be to update it, you know, for a modern audience. And for me, The Lion King didn't need to be updated for a modern audience. Some movies do. Like, they're making Mulan, and they're changing a bunch of shit up because, you know, it wasn't exactly so respectful of Chinese tradition. Right? So I think, but I think that the Lion King, there's no reason to change that source material to update it for the modern audience because it holds up. And so that leaves, you know, improving on the way we tell this story. And now that's where the live action comes in. I think it was cool, but I don't think it produced this visceral, you know, emotional movie that the original is. And to pull out your example, like Mufasa, that scene. I just didn't care. I just didn't give a shit because I was just like, all right. I felt like the scene was rushed. It didn't take a minute to let that sink in. That Scar is this evil fucking bastard who's about to do this to Mufasa. <laughs> like, they didn't let that sink in at all. It's like, oh, let me stab him with my claws into his hands and then drop his bitch ass. Like, I was like, yo, let this sink in for a minute. This is a big moment. And I felt like it was rushed. And I just, by the end, of it, I was just like, oh whatever because in the original that shit is like seriously tears worthy would you agree i i mean i also should i agree that this movie definitely did lose some of the emotional impact whether it was from from a rushed perspective or just like the the animals like clearly can't show as much emotion as i right like the original um but i was still i shed a tear because like to nah. me, it just reminds me of watching the original, and like those memories. But see, that's that's horseshit. Why are you like this movie's merit should not be based on it reminding you of the original? I mean, I also a remake a remake needs to be able to stand on its own as a viable product. That if the re- if the original was never there, the remake would be considered a good movie. And I think and it this is this movie. I don't think it is. But we can't. We can't know that now. That's but what I'm saying is, Alex, I haven't seen The Lion King in at least 15 years. The original. Yes, but you are still very familiar with. It's not like a movie. You exactly. Saw no, exact. But my point is, is that movie left such a long-lasting effect on people that this movie just didn't do. And I think that, like I said, part of that was because of the emotionless act, like the emotionless 
looking animals. Oh my goodness, excuse me. But I also think you and I hate to, I can't, dude. I'm halfway into this beer. I can't. I think that another piece of that is and I hate to say it, the voice acting. And no. some of it I thought was really good. But my man, my fucking boy, Donald Glover, let me down. Let me go on record and say I am on the complete polar opposite of this take. I refuse to be anywhere near disgracing any of this cast with the exception of one thing, which I'll get into later. But I want want to know if your thing is the same thing as my thing. Is it about Beyonce? No. Would you like me to talk about the cast for a little bit? No. No, no, no. I want to finish my point. Okay. So I think that, you know, as much as I love Donald Glover, I just felt like there wasn't that passion in the lines. I felt like James Earl Jones was slacking a little bit. His voice is iconic, obviously. But I didn't think that he, you know, had this impact. Another thing that I thought was whack was Rafiki. I thought that if you had never seen the original, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on with this random ass monkey. You wouldn't know. No, like, John Connie is the man. No, my that's not my point. My point is you'd be like, what's going on here? Why is it? Why? Why is he drawing pictures of the lion? Like, you wouldn't get it, I don't think. Yes, from the get-go, you're, he's clearly, like, he's there at the, pro, like, at the ritual in the beginning. You know he, who he is. You don't know what he's doing. Because he, but that's part of his character. Even in the original, he's mysterious. He's this enigma that Simba just bumped into. I guess. That was like a smaller thing, I guess. I, you know, there's some other things. I heard that Beyonce, when she did her, her stuff, her voice acting and like her singing, like did it you know, like remotely, like not with the rest of the cast. Oh, that's classic Beyonce. <laughs> Isn't it though? But doesn't that piss you off a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's whatever to me. And I'm not out here saying like Beyonce is the best part of the movie. She's not even close. Um, And I'll tell you what my best part of the movie was in a second. I'm going to have one more complaint about the movie because I know I'm going in on it. But you can see how our opinions are very divided here. Did the hyenas laugh once during that movie? I find it kind of ironic that Disney fired James Gunn for for all the the tweets that he made. But uh, they were like, "Oh, Eric Andre in a kids movie, bring him on." He's clean. <laughs> yeah, Eric Andre. Shout out Eric Andre. Yeah, my big point shout is, out to Eric Andre. I thought that Keegan Michael Key and Eric Andre. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I wasn't really like. Super jazzed up about them either. Um, I, but like hyenas, they're like, everyone knows hyenas laugh. Everyone knows that. And instead of having these characters crack jokes that land 25% of the time. No, they were funny. Michael Key. No, they really weren't. Alex, I went in wanting to love this movie so much. And I want people to know that, that I'm not just sitting here trying to be a hater because I really did want to like this movie. But I just... I mean, I'm clearly in the minority on this one. Like... I don't think you are. I am. I think that the people... All right. I think, in general, people who didn't like something or have something negative to say tend to be much more vocal. But I will say this. It seems like there's two, like, modes of discussion when it comes to The Lion King that I'm seeing now. And it's people who are 
giving some valid criticisms of the movie. Let's I say some valid because I don't agree with all of them. While the people defending the movie aren't defending the story, like myself, I'm not defending the story of like the Lion King as or like the merits of the movie itself as much as I'm defending like the reason for its existence in a way. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but like I personally like and as weird as this kind and I'm usually not this guy, but I kind of wish they didn't make this movie. Cause it has like a bad taste in my mouth now. I mean, if we're being real, the original Lion King completely stole everything about it from an anime from the sixties. But you know, because it's so but good, people don't really care. That's a whole separate point. Exactly. But right? and you know, but what my point is, that's that's a completely separate point. Yes. We can argue that in another time. But what I'm saying is that this movie, I really wanted to like. And I really wanted to be wanted it to be as good as like the Jungle Book was, but like it just wasn't. And I was just like, "Damn, I just wish that was like." You ever get that feeling where you're like really anticipating a movie, and then you know you even like even though you see like mixed reviews, you go in hoping to really like it, and you just didn't, and you're just like, "Shit, why couldn't that have just been better?" This isn't this isn't a remake example, but it's an example somewhat in the same vein. Watching The Godfather 1, people hail it as the best movie of all time. And then Francis Ford Coppola comes out and says, hey, I'm making Godfather 2. Many people went into that movie. Like, if you put on Godfather 2 for me for the first time, I'm, I'm out here saying how in any way, shape, or form could he make a sequel nah. to this movie. That's There's a book. It's based on a book. There's more to the story in the book. But to for people to for that movie to come out and people to say this is better than the best movie of all time, and that's the reason why people don't like Godfather Three as much, because it's just not as good as two of the greatest movies of all time. And how can you capture lightning in a bottle three times? I didn't go into this expecting it to be better than the original movie. If it was, but I see, that's been, what it needs to be. It that's what it needed to be. Yes, it does. Because think about it. They have the technology. If let me paint you a picture, all right. Close your eyes. Imagine this. Imagine that the the CGI isn't the way it is, but it's fantastic. It is fantastic. And shut up and listen to me. <laughs> Imagine that the animals are expressive, and they produce this visceral, you know, feeling for you. And on that front, it blows everything you've ever seen before out of the water. Combine that with the voice acting, which you seem to have liked. And I liked some of it. But combine it with that, the amazing music. Does this Did this not have potential to be one of the best things ever created? It does. Okay. Uh, but now, it obviously wasn't. So what I'm saying is, for... For a lot of people, myself included, that's a disappointment. And that's – it's just out of spite you're thinking, why did they do this? Because it, it in a way, taints the impact of the original Lion King. See, that we I won't ever see, but I don't th- – look, I don't, I don't necessarily mean it's going to ruin the original Lion King. But, like, this is the only live-action remake of the Lion King we're ever going to get, I think. 
I mean, maybe we'll get another which, one 20 which, years down the line, 30 years down the line. See, that would be fucking trash. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm we fucked it. up 20 years ago. Let's do another one. It's not out no. of that. It's out of... No, see, Bro, I'm not... unless, unless they're making the movie with real-ass lions and they're in the fucking <laughs> theater with me, I'm not going to fucking see that shit. 20, 30 years from now, if they, like, completely... And I'm not saying this would happen. If they completely, like, rebooted Marvel, like, entirely... And it That's was like, though. we're doing Iron Man 1 again with a different person. Okay, but see, I don't think that there's any reason to do that. What would be the reason? How are they going to improve on the original? The effects are good in Marvel. Like, that's what I'm saying. The main thing that they were trying to update here, they were like, yo, what if we took this cartoon and made it live action? What if we took all these Iron Man animated cartoons and made a live action movie? Let me ask you one question. Where are they going to go from here? Yes or no answer. Did you find this movie entertaining? I I don't know. I... I was kind of, I don't know. See, and to, like, here's, here's my, my ending point on this. Um, I'll say this. To say you were bored, you were bored of the Lion King, the new one. Not because you, you were bored of it because it wasn't the original, which is unfair in no, my opinion. No, it wasn't because I didn't go in comparing it to the original. I really didn't. I know a lot of people did, but I didn't go in comparing it to the original. I went in saying, all right, entertain me. I really wanted to like this movie, <clears throat> but I went in and I just found myself sitting there. I was like, why do I care? Like, why? And like I said, there were parts I really liked. I, I've been dancing around this for a while. I really thought the highlight of the movie was Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. Give me Lion King one and a half live action with them i will buy big, big facts 50 that is the best lion king if we're being i thought 100 and real. i and i also think that all right you're an idiot and i also think that in terms of the things i didn't like about the other characters like in terms of expressiveness i thought that timon was the best on that front what are you gonna change your like, name to brad like that was good he's unbelievable billy eichner's awesome shout out billy eichner. and shout out donald glover i don't care I I, love I can Glover. only you sing his that. melody on Akuna Matata now. See, I just I and it's not a problem with the singing. I have no problem with his singing. I thought he was fine. He was great, but I just thought his voice acting was a little lacking. And I know he can do better than that. I know he can. Well, listen, bro. I've seen Atlanta. I know what he's capable of, and that ain't it, Chief. Speaking of Atlanta. Do you want to get into some some news that we're we're both on the same side about? What what does that have to do with Atlanta? Brian Tyree Henry being cast in a certain All right. Challenge. That was a that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch. Just to wrap on Lion King, go see the movie and let us know what your thoughts are about it. I mean, I'm sure, like we said before, people of different generations and different ages will have varying views on the movie. But I think that this was just pretty forgettable and it doesn't really make me very excited or hopeful to see what Disney has coming out in the future in terms of other live action remakes. But I do think for example, Milan or Mulan, what the fuck am I saying? Mulan. <laughs> um, I think that Mulan has a lot of potential to 
not only own up to the original, but in certain ways, improve on the original. So we'll see how that goes. Alex, kick us off. Talk about some Marvel shit. So on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, um, the Marvel Studios San Diego Comic-Con panel happened. And many, myself included, were chomping at the bit, I'll say, to see what Marvel could possibly have in store after Endgame. Are they are they going to take it in a different direction? Are they going to slow down? Like, we're in uncharted territory now, people. There's no more massive event buildup. Uh, that we know of. Yes, that, that we, we know, know of. of. That it's unlike... Like phase one, we didn't really know what was happening because it was so new. Phase two and three, we knew Thanos was going to be like in this massive movie. Um, so this is a very like different time where it's like nothing is set up anymore other than like the little tidbits. Um, but Kevin Feige announced phase four and they have shown that they clearly do not want to slow down. And they're just going to keep this gravy train rolling and uh, keep giving us hits. Um, they confirmed some stuff that we knew was coming. Uh, Black Widow. And they confirmed the cast for that. Rachel Weisz, uh, David Harbour. Um, Fire. Florence Pugh. Which th- those three alone are, are heavy hitters. Um, and I'm definitely very excited for that. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, which I know nothing about that. The I only the only thing I know nothing. is that the Ten Rings is the Mandarin and like his whole faction. That I do know. So I am I am sticking out hope that the Mandarin will be involved in the MCU in the future. Now he will. They, they announced his casting. We know who's playing him. It's really, the guy, Tony Tony something. Yeah. Did you watch the event? Oh or are you my! Oh, they announced his casting. Yeah. The I think the two people they announced. Where him and, and I can look it up for you real quick. And Shang Chi, who's going to be Aquafina, which is fire. Yes, Aquafina will be in sick. there. We I also missed one. Um, the Eternals, which has Brian Tyree Henry, Angelina Jolie, Kumail Nanjiani, just absolute heavy hitters, the heaviest of hitters. Um, and that's going to be something that is definitely going to lead into like much more of the cosmic side of the MCU. Which now I'm excited that they're they're kind of branching out and doing a cosmic side, a more like down to earth side. Um, apparently, apparently, as I do my research now, apparently there's quite the controversy surrounding uh, the Mandarin and uh, this guy Tony Leung. I don't know if that's how if I just butchered his name, I apologize. But apparently there's controversy. Con- ugh, Jesus, controversy because apparently the Mandarin is a traditionally stereotypic character. Stereotypical. Oh my god, this beer is getting to me. Um, a stereotypical character. Um, that paints uh, a not so great image of Chinese people. I'm sure they'll update that. Yeah, I mean you'd hope so. I'm sure he won't yeah. be like. Yeah, I'm sure he won't be a caricature. It seems like Marvel's I done a pretty good job. I yeah, mean, I, listen, he'll probably be a badass motherfucker. They didn't put Michael guess. Keaton in a green suit made like that's a pajama outfit. You know what I mean? Like they made the vulture realistic. I I, I don't doubt Marvel at this point, especially when it comes no, to casting. Either. I just thought it was worth bringing up. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, 
the movie that I'm personally most excited for in Phase oh, Four. Can I? I want to know. Can we say it on three? Yeah. One, two, three. Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. Let's go. Um, in the multiverse of madness, which just sounds they're labeling it as like the first horror movie in the MCU. So fucking hype. Which I don't even know what that could mean, but I'm a, Dude, who um, cares? Scott Derrick. That shit. And the director and C. Robert Cargill, who's an absolute incredible person to follow on Twitter. You should definitely he's he he's the writer on Doctor Strange as well as uh, Sinister, which Scott Derrickson also directed. Um, he's a fantastic dude. Uh, give him a follow. But uh, yeah, they're they're getting back to their horror roots because they make horror movies together. So I'm very excited to see how they take all the good parts of Doctor Strange, which is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, it's so good. You throw Scarlet Witch into the mix, which she's confirmed to be in this, um, and like yes. label it a horror movie. And it seems like it's going to confirm officially like a bigger look at the multiverse. I am all in for that. There's a lot of potential with this movie. Just speaking on the horror of it, I mean, like if you think about all the uh, the crazy psychedelic ass scenes from the first one, like make Definitely. that shit scary. I'm gonna have nightmares. So I'm pretty excited for that. Definitely the most hype yes. thing. It's going to be great. Obviously, Thor 4. <clears throat> Love and four. Thunder. Um, Thor. Not th- the title. Pretty pissed about it. This time written and directed by Taika Latiti. Um, so I'm hoping Let's... that they kind of give him free reign and we really get. I mean, this is. this Jane is now the mighty Thor, uh, Jane Foster. Um, I don't really know how that works. How do we get there? Can you explain? I'm, that I'm, not I'm sure I'm not the only one. Super familiar. Um, I know that this has happened in the comics, um, so they have some source material. I know he's basing the script off of that comic run, so I'm sure we'll, we'll have to get Brandon. We'll have to get Brandon or yeah, Body or somebody in sure. here who knows. I'm sure it will pull uh, heavy, like inspiration from that. Um, but I'm very excited to see Taika kind of just like go off the rails now and and like hopefully get this mix of like weird the weird of Ragnarok with like the incredibleness of his, his uh, writing, like from his other films. Um, so For those, sure. those were the movies, uh, black widow and the Eternals come out in 2020 and then Shang Chi, Dr. Strange and Thor come out in 2021. Um, but they can also, I, not- can I ask you, yeah, go. can I ask you a What's question? Like- Do you think Angelina Jolie is the biggest name in the MCU now? Um, like the biggest active one. Yes. Because like Glenn, Cl- mm, I mean, yeah, she's like really more of a cameo. I mean, also Anthony Hopkins is like, you know, cameo. Yeah, but he, yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely say Angela. I mean, like, actually, you know what? No, they also, we have to talk about this. I would say Angelina Jolie is the biggest, but the only one that could really pose a chance of rivaling her in the surprise of the night. I know who you're talking about. Let's My son, go. Mahershala Ali, is Blade, which is like talk about, and this is what I mean by Marvel. Really, when I say like the MCU will be with us for the rest of our lives, to come out of left field after all those announcements of like Fantastic Four being confirmed in a way we don't have any like info other than they are working on it and X-Men and all that to come out and say, yeah, not only are we making blade, but we have one of the best working actors today to be blade. 
and for no one to be expecting that, like what an incredible, incredible yeah. moment. Um, and then on top of all of these movies, like we haven't even spoken about the Disney Plus shows, like The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which is also 2020. It's going to be following. It's going to be the first time we see uh, Sam in the Captain America suit. I'm very excited for that. Uh, yes. WandaVision, um, Scarlet Witch and Vision, Vision's uh, show, which apparently takes place after Endgame. So Vision will be alive. And this ties directly into Doctor Strange, um, Loki in spring 2021, which is also after Endgame. So we'll see some more of Loki on Tom Hiddleston. Hawkeye in 2021. I don't know when that takes place. I'm assuming after Endgame as well. But we're going to see... I believe her name is uh the name is blanking on me on on the the female lead that he trains to be here. Hawkeye. Um but she's awesome in the comics. So I'm excited to see that relationship build. But arguably the most exciting of the television shows is the What If animated series. And for those who are unfamiliar with What If, um it's like a set of comics from the early days where it basically would be what if Wolverine was bad? What if um, Thunder General Ross was was uh, hit with the gamma rays instead of Bruce Banner? And this is going to be an animated show. They're going to get a lot of the main cast from the MCU to reprise their voices and just see these like cool outlying stories. And uh, I'm personally so excited for that because i want to see them just go absolutely buck wild with the the what if scenarios um yeah and with all these shows tying into the movies and being like either continuations or like leading into like the upcoming movies it really shows that marvel knows what they're about they know what their viewers are about they're not here to play games anymore and these movies are just going to get super weird and out there and i'm so excited for the future my excitement, I really thought after Endgame, I, I didn't know what I would feel, but the excitement has not dwindled in the slightest. I'm like smiling right now as I'm, as I'm thinking about it. Um, long live Marvel. Long live the corporate entity, Disney. <laughs> All right, calm down, calm down. Um, I want to talk about something I saw that was crazy. I was on Twitter the other day and I sent this to you and this film critic named Britt Hates. Um, she tweeted out February 1st of this year. My biggest takeaway from Alita battle angel is that Mahershala Ali should be the next blade. Well, lo and behold, about six months later, Mahershala Ali is blade. So is she a psychic? Yeah. Yeah, she is. That. So yeah, that's just a crazy moment for her. I, I mean, mean, to call something like that, that's completely out of left field. Like yeah. that's just crazy. If anyone like, MCU with the perfect casting, like they have a track record, and like Mahershala, uh, Ma, sorry, Mahershala Ali, that that's a match made in heaven right there. And uh, I heard that he apparently called uh, Kevin Feige after he won the Oscar for Green Book. Which say what you will about the movie, man gives an incredible performance. Um that he apparently walked into Marvel Studios and said I want to be to be Blade and they said okay. And and that came from that came straight from Kevin Feige like he told that story. Talk about just like 
talk about all the pieces coming to place and at the exact like right moment. Um, Fuck it, we ball. I may have to exactly. I may have to go back and watch the Wesley Snipes blade now just to just to get some more familiarity with it. But uh, I'm very excited. I they don't have a date for that yet, but um, who knows? I'm I'm sure whatever they have in store is going to be fantastic. For sure. I think that one of the cool things going forward, you know, like just the fact that they announced X-Men and uh, Fantastic Four, I mean, open the floodgates, man. Fan casting is coming out big um, over the next couple months until we hear some more about that. I mean, people are all over Twitter right now speculating on who will be the Fantastic Four. People have been doing it for a while, um, and we might get into a little bit of that on another podcast. Um but it's definitely exciting, you know, with superheroes. It's it's just cool, and especially because Marvel can really go out there and get the big names. It's really such a fan service that, you know, it's like, oh, my God, who would you – like, Mahershala Ali, he's a dream casting for Blade. Like, you know what I mean? And so the fact that they can go out there and get him, like, that's all – or Not in this even... case, that he, that he goes over there and does it himself. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they have the power to put these things in motion and do whatever they want. At this like, point. who doesn't want to be in the MCU? Of course. Like, I'm just going to, like, just think about some of the people. Not even – not even the big people. Like, the not the Robert Downey Juniors and, like, Chris Evans and that. But think of, like, they got Glenn Close. They got Robert Redford. They got Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Like, yeah, these are like for like minor roles. Everyone wants to be a part of the Marvel machine. And obviously it's because I can't even imagine that type of paycheck. But it's it's a it's a cultural phenomenon that really it's been going so long. And like, I don't understand how you could count them out for at least the next I mean, Kevin Feige has said, like, they have the next four to five years planned out, and they only announced two of them. Okay, so that's, like, one of the things I wanted to talk about quickly. But, uh, and sorry we're talking so long about Marvel, but this will likely be the last time we talk about Marvel for a little while until we hear some more news. But I think that people were pissed when, you know, for instance, they showed the slate for next year and they showed all the different titles. And then for 2021, they just showed blank spots for everything. And people were just like, all right, well, whatever. Like, cool. You're giving us stuff. And like someone compared it to like another studio being like, oh, we got seven movies coming out this year. We're going to put out a rom-com about nothing and like a crazy disaster movie and all this bullshit. Well, they filled like, them right. out. They filled them out. I don't think they did. Yeah, that's where that's where Thor and Doctor Strange and so what year? I thought they had a year where they had just like a blank slate. No, it originally started as a blank slate, but they filled them in as oh, it so went. people were just pissed. All right, well then, I'm and it's still it's still three movies stupid. a year, but they also included now the shows as part of Phase Four, which I'm cool with. Yeah. Like, I I like I don't know a more consistent Marvel like a, and I I'm curious for sure. I'm curious if it's going to be a once a week type deal or like a Netflix like it's all out at once. Well, I don't. I never used to watch any of the Marvel like TV shows. Neither did I. But I guess I get 
Yes, you did. I no, thought. I, I thought you used to watch like Daredevil and shit. Well, like, oh, other than the Netflix, I thought you meant like Agents of Shield and Agent Carter nah, and all that. Fuck that shit. <laughs> who, who the hell cares about that? I don't know anybody who watches those. My dad. Shout out your dad. Shout out dad. Um, but I think that. Oh, I wanted to. You mentioned your dad. I want to say going back to Lion King real quick. It was so funny because I would go with my mom at any time we're in a movie together. I'll always look over to my mom, and at any given point during the movie, she looks like she's sleeping. <laughs> and I'll be like, "Mom, you awake?" She'll be like, "Yeah, I'm awake." And I'm like, "It's always like so close that I'm like, I don't know if I believe you." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know if she's awake or not. It doesn't really matter to me. I just always think it's funny. But um. Anyways, so that's, you know, where we're standing on Marvel. Like I said, we probably won't be talking a whole lot about Marvel until something new comes along, which could be pretty soon for all we know. But uh, as far as that goes, I think we basically covered all of it. Um, We can get into a couple of other small pieces of news. Um, Just going forward this week, we'll start with we have Tarantino on Thursday. Oh, um, what a world we're in that Tarantino. What a world this we're in. Well, dude, this week we have Tarantino and a new Chance the Rapper album. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Which is just, it's going to, could be the best week ever. Could be the best week ever. So we'll probably have a good pod about coming up about those two. We'll probably spend the entire time talking about those two topics. I can easily see that happening. Um, Most likely. You know, just giving our thoughts on both of those things because Alex and I love to jerk off Tarantino. Um, on Tarantino's front, we are on the Tarantino front. I say, nobody wants to talk about Tarantino's front. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we saw him t- that today. It's confirmed that he is still fighting for Kill Bill 3 and he is talking to Uma Thurman about it. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kill Bill 3 has been long rumored ever since Kill Bill 1 and 2, obviously. Um, The heavily hypothesized plot of that movie would be something along the lines of, if you remember in the very first movie, when she goes to see the first woman, was it Vicky Fox? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. And she like murders her in front of of her daughter. And she's basically like, if you're still upset about this when you're older, come find me. And so people think that it'll involve that and, you know, Uma Thurman's daughter. And I'm totally here for that. I think that would be fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Tarantino. I love Kill Bill. Could um, be his best. So, Dude, anything he makes could be his best. That's why it's so crazy that we're getting a new one this fucking week. Matt Neglia is watching it tonight. And I'm like, yo, block on a lot of people are like, dude, fuck that. I did not You're have enough it before me. I'm pissed. Yes, I'm seeing it in 35 millimeter on Thursday. Um, I expect it to be nothing short of amazing. And uh, Tarantino is the goat. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing my rewatch of Tarantino. Yes, right now I'm rewatching everything. I will be watching Death Proof, which is the last new Tarantino I have. <laughs> that was my last new one. I watched it last I'm night. Very excited. Confirmed fire. Um, but uh, so I am going to continue with that tonight after we record. I'm going to throw on Inglorious Bastards. Um, sorry, Alex. I'm not going to edit this until tomorrow. Oh, good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, anyway, so that's the Tarantino news. Another piece of news I just saw today um, that's relatively new, I think. It probably just dropped a couple of hours ago, is that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are set to 
yeah, they're reuniting for a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. Which is apparently taking place in the 14th century. Yeah, it's a bit, apparently um, it is, based on a true story. It is called The Last Duel. Um, apparently, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are co-writing and producing and starring in this movie. Um, so we'll see how that is. I mean, I like those two guys. They're they're good. Um, but uh, Ridley Scott can be hit or miss at times, so we'll see how that goes. But who knows? This might be a, a major comeback for him, I think. I have... Two pieces of quick news really quick. Sure. Um, one, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood trailer came out today starring mm. Tom Hanks. And I wholeheartedly believe off the trailer alone that Tom Hanks very well might win the Oscar. When does that come out? Um, I am unaware. I think this year, though. Did, did you watch the trailer? Yes. I'm just fucking with you. Relax. Second, <laughs> Rolling Loud New York just announced its lineup. Did it really? Um, and Travis Scott, Meek Mill, Wu Tang, ASAP Rocky, Dude, Little Uzi thanks Vert. Thanks for sending it to me, bro. Thanks it just came out. I just saw it. Um, really? New York oh will be turning goodness. up if you ASAP Rocky. Dude, ASAP yes, Rocky. Yes, Young what? Thug push it. No way. If you are in New York, October twelfth and thirteenth, come to City Field, Rolling Loud, New York. Come Hit party with we'll the podcast boys. We Let's will go. be in rain ponchos and fanny packs. The two banditos. <laughs> um, oh, and dude, yeah, get excited. D- dude, DMX is going to be there. Oh my goodness. I am Ski going. Mask, Suicide Boys, Young Thug. Let's, oh let's contain some of this excitement. Cardi? Have a, good, have a good night, everybody. Have a good day whenever you're listening Jeez, to this. Wait, no, hang on, hang on, hang on <laughs> real quick. Alex, Jesus, where can they find you? They can find me. Dude, at- the baby? Oh my God. <laughs> they can- <laughs> they can find me at Rolling Loud. No, just kidding. They can find me on Twitter at Samurai. No, they will find you at Rolling Loud because we're we going to go. They could find me. At- we'll discuss this later. They can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Samurai Paps. They can find me on Instagram at Alex Paps One. They can find me on Letterboxd at AG Person. They can find the podcast at WTR Pod on Twitter, and we will be making an Instagram very soon very soon look out for that um real quick you can find me at snap uh not don't add me on snapchat my shit's trash um instagram twitter and letterboxd at josh lempert j-o-s-h-l-e-m-p-e-r-t uh if you guys haven't found us on twitter yet follow us we're there um we'll be bringing you guys content we haven't really been posting a lot so far but we're gonna try to be good about retweeting you know all that movie news and maybe we want to spend so much time talking about it we probably still will talk about the exciting stuff but we'll try to get you guys good information out there um good memes good quality content um like alex said instagram coming soon um do us a favor uh if you like this podcast we're coming to apple music soon or uh apple podcast soon hopefully within the week um so once we're up there please uh subscribe and review if you can and just tell your friends about it if you like what you're hearing here um just tell them about it even if you hate us just be like hey i found these fucking idiots on the internet check them out um but yeah go give us a listen and thank you for listening and have a good night